In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Now, if this podcast takes more than five minutes, just keep listening. So, <laughs> Lucien Cozy. Is Ace Ventura Pet Detective a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? It has not been remade yet. There was a sequel, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, and there was a cartoon from 1995 to 2000. There's also a video game, an adventure game. I didn't know there was a video <laughs> oh, yeah. game. Was yeah. it any good? Uh, I, it, you know, people online said it was pretty good uh, on some levels and bad on some other levels. Sounds Just like a like movie adaptation movie. into a video game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Be- better than I think people are assuming. Also, uh, 2009's Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yep, that's right. We're bringing up the real shit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there was so, a... Yeah. I get- there's a son of the mask also. I think it's funny that both of those movies had needed like a like a younger version. It's so sad. It looks very Disney-fied. Yeah, they just want to appeal to kids so badly. So badly. So I guess my first question should be, when did you first see this movie? Ooh, I saw when it came out on tape. So it would have been 94 or 95. Just like as soon as it was like a new to tape. Cozy? Nice. Uh, I think I, I think I saw it in theaters, but I don't really remember anything except being like, "Cool, I liked this." So when I rewatched <laughs> it, I learned a lot about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I saw the second one in the theater, but I think my parents were pretty strict about adhering to like the MPAA codes, so I wasn't really allowed <laughs> to see PG thirteen movies until I was like in middle school. Got it. Oh. I don't think I saw this movie in full until I was an adult. Like, I think think I saw this movie for the first time two years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, I can't imagine that. Like, it's... What did you think? I I think my review, and it's going to be the same as my review from today, is this movie hits some incredible highs, but also some incredible lows. And it just just comes and goes. Oh, Lord. Absolutely. I, uh, I have I have an insider ba- an inside baseball question, Sam, for you very quickly. What's up? Uh, the MPAA rating thing reminded me of Casa Video in Tucson. Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Yep. Do you remember the uh, the the poster that they had when you walk in the store where they show like visual representation versions of all the? Uh, oh, Lucé remembers this one. It was at my video store. Yeah, where it was like the rated R had like a couple a of rabbit? adults, and then the, yes, yes, and then the X. <laughs> Like one, like the rabbit in sunglasses. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that was a thing. That's how I learned a lot. (laughs) I know what you're talking about, but I couldn't (laughs) tell you. Yeah, fair. Very fair. (laughs) I mean, now all I can think of are those like bunny shorts where they would like do a a spoof of a movie. Like, here's Titanic in three minutes or no, sixty seconds. Those were like bunnies. Those were adorable. (laughs) Anyway, Um, so, so yeah, it's. It's an interesting movie, and I, <sighs> I, I, I should say that I'm a huge Jim Carrey stan. Like I came to, co- I discovered comedy through Jim Carrey, and I saw all of his movies multiple times as a kid. I, I still love him to this day. I think he's like one of the most talented comedic performers that there is, and I think that he's very, very funny 
in this movie. And I don't, I don't think the movie is good. Like, I don't think the story is good. I don't think the writing is good. I think the only thing good about this movie is Jim Carrey's incredible cartoonish comedic chops. I think that had been my review when I saw it for the first time as well. I actually don't completely believe that anymore. But I'm also... <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I am also a huge Jim Carrey fan. Like, Man in the Moon, Truman Show are masterpieces. Mm. Yeah, Those absolutely. Aren't the ones that I love as much, but yes, I, I like, I really well, love take, the bad, I really take love ste- silly movies. Uh, we should take a step back because the reason that this episode exists at all is because I was listening to your podcast and you were talking about having recently rewatched Ace Ventura. So since yeah. I bring that up, do you want to brief, like briefly, like talk about your things and then we'll get into like how we're going to remake this thing? Oh, sure. Well, Cozy and I uh, host the podcast, You Need to See This. It's a film podcast about underrated gems. Uh, that episode was not about Ace Ventura, but we have a section at the end of the podcast where we recommend what we saw that week. And sometimes recommendations devolve into uh, things we don't recommend because <laughs> we see a lot of junk also. So I think that week... Um, I also have like a thing I do on Instagram and Twitter called VHS where I watch my whole tape collection because I love VHS tapes and I have like over 400 of them so I was in I was watching them alphabetically and I was at Ace Ventura so I watched it with a whole group of people online and I knew it was transphobic but I did not realize until I rewatched it again how truly hateful and abusive and awful it was and yeah. so for a long time I wanted to rewrite it because I think that Jim Carrey is so funny and I want I want I want Jim Carrey to still get to be that character. I think the character Ace Ventura is funny and I want it to be in a better script. So I was talking about that on the podcast. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our, yeah. Uh, the gimmick of our podcast is, uh, is for those who haven't heard it before is at least, uh, you know, one of us has never seen the movie and the other person has seen the movie and the person who's seen it tries to convince the other person to see it. Yeah. Got it. So then the next question is what is the best Jim Carrey movie? I think that you have to break up his movies into his like true zany comedies and then like his because you can't compare something like Dumb and Dumber to Eternal Sunshine. That's apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah, Technically, no. Eternal Sunshine is the better movie if you're talking about like film. But like, is it funnier? No. Like, <laughs> I think my favorite Jim Carrey, if we're talking Jim Carrey movies, uh, is Cable Guy. I love Cable Guy. I think it is a dark horse. I think it's hysterical. I love the character. I love his lisp. I love every single thing about it. And it's a movie that I can probably do for you guys. Like I could do a theatrical acoustic version <laughs> for you Cozy, right now. Have you seen I Cable Guy? Uh, yeah, I was fine with it. It didn't work for me as a dark comedy the same way it worked for a lot of folks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like. I remember being a Jim Carrey fan growing up. Uh, I watched all of those uh, movies, all the classics that everybody watched. And then I sort of like watched all the things that he grew in and the things that kind of got him to a different place uh, up to now. And honestly, I don't know what the best one for me would be because like even in a movie like Eternal Sunshine, which is my favorite of his movies, like that's an easy favorite. I don't think that he was necessarily my favorite part of it, you know, oh, and his I love, ways of... I love him in that, though. He's so sad. His face all stretched out from years of being goofy is so, like, floppy and folded. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. 
But I just didn't like their relationship in so many ways. It was such a negative, abusive, bad, shitty relationship. And I was, like, not having fun watching either of them in it. Hmm. It was a sadder movie than I remembered, and it wasn't as lovey, and it was more like, oh, these people are bad for each other and should leave. (laughs) Okay, then, Cozy, what's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? I mean, it's still that one. Like I said, it's that movie. It's just, he's not my favorite part of it. Uh, The director and the writer are my favorite parts of it. (laughs) Right, okay, so what's the movie where Jim Carrey is, like, the movie that you like that is your favorite, like, performance performance by a Jim Carrey? Or, I I will extend this... A James Carey is also acceptable. <laughs> oh my. I would have to rewatch them. It's been too long. Like, I remember liking Once Bitten a lot, and that says a lot about me and my lack of memory. <laughs> wow, you're picking the one from before he was a name. Yeah. Classic uh, Cozy. I, that's such that's a my cozy deal. I know. I right? cozy in, for, in Living Color. In Living Color, yeah. <laughs> See, I never saw Live in Living Color. <laughs> I had a friend who had it on DVD when I was in high school, and we would we would watch it. I was like, "Oh my god, his name's not Jim here!" Woo! Uh, I, <laughs> I, I remember like- renting a movie from a video store, and this may not be a thing. I have tried to look this up, and I don't know if this is real. Uh, I remember a drama that he was in that was really sad and dark, and he was not being funny in it at all. And being like, oh, cool, what a weird deep cut of Jim Carrey, but I haven't been able to find that on his uh, IMDb. Oh. Yes, so maybe it wasn't him. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was like Faces in the Mirror or Faces of Death or some face thing, but Definitely not was those not movies. Faces of Death. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something with faces. That's all I got. But huh. like, it was really weird to see. Maybe it was someone else. Who knows? Have you guys, I, either of you, seen the number twenty-three? No, but I thought no. about it. Oh my him. god, That's my favorite bad actually bad Jim Carrey movie. It is so fun. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like he, he, it's like this psychological thriller where he realizes like all the numbers in his life add up to 23 and it like <laughs> means some larger chaotic conspiracy. But so much of the movie is him looking at addresses and being like 17, 4, <laughs> Two, just like him doing simple math around like any number that he's like, oh, the, this is bus eleven, and I'm on Twelfth Street, <laughs> number twenty-three. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So funny. Yeah. I love that movie. It's when I saw the trailer for that. When I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is his one-hour photo. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, but it's. It's, yes, it's like the B version of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was watching, when I was watching uh, uh, Ace Ventura again, though, I wrote like a page of notes and have so many fucking opinions about this movie. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I will Perfect. say that, like, like I said, I'm a big fan of Man of the Moon and Truman Show, but my favorite Jim Carrey movie that I can pretty much watch at the drop of a hat is The Mask. Mm. I love The Mask. We were just talking about that on our latest episode. That comes <laughs> I can't episode. imagine why it was at the top of your mind. <laughs> um, so I love the animation. I love the, I was saying the Tex Avery uh, animation yeah. style that they utilize is so great. It's also, an, it's because it gets... Because I I like it, and I've kind of realized that I like it partly because it's a combination of his dramatic characters and his comedic characters, mm-hmm. in that he is playing all these ridiculous things, but is slightly less of an actual asshole. Yes, yeah, Stanley is, Ipkiss is like is kind nice. of a sad, sweet dude. Yeah. And so it's like, what if one of his dramatic characters got thrown into one of his comedies? Here's the movie. That's Ooh. a really 
clever way of putting it. I like that. I want to rewatch it now with that idea in my mind. I do too, now that I just made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so with that in mind, what I normally do is we kind of talk through the remake of the movie itself and then we get into casting and we're still going to do that today. But I want to give us one caveat in that I think we should talk about who's playing Ace Ventura first because I do think it should be someone other than Jim Carrey. I have three recommendations. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I normally limit people to one, but for this one, we're going to get into it. Like, like when we get into actual casting, you can pick one. But for this one, uh, you're welcome to go first if you like, but I will give you a heads up that my Ace Ventura is female. Oh, fun. What? Yeah. Who? No, you you say it. Who? So I felt like I felt like the obvious choice for this would be Kate McKinnon, um, just because you want kind of that zany oh. comedy and also someone who can kind of bring it down. But that felt like the obvious choice, and so that's why I instead went with Ilana Glazer. Mm. And the wow, why, those are both great choices. The reason why is because I kind of want that that very broad comedy, broad city joke, not intended. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I picked Alana Glazer just because, like, she's a little bit, like, a little bit different than the, the kind of expected. Like, she gets, I think she could get really charactered up and be, like, just nuts. Whereas Kate McKinnon, even when she's charactered up, you're like, eh, that's Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of, she's great. She's great. She kind of does the same thing in every role. She's always great. But yeah, always, I see what you mean. But, so yeah, I like that, that. So my pitch is Alana Glazer. I actually I like gender a swapped a couple of these people, but that we'll get to that later. Um, I love yeah. that. But so the reason why I wanted to talk about Ace, the, like, the Ace Ventura character first is because that kind of sets the basis for the entire movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who did you two have for uh, uh, Ace Ventura? Okay. Well, I had, I didn't, I knew we were going to have to recast Jim Carrey, but I also wanted to think about what if it was Jim Carrey as a 60-year-old playing that character. Yes. Because I think that <laughs> is a very bizarre and interesting thought experiment. Because Same. he was like 34, 32. He was really young. Hmm. So um, that was something that was in my mind. Uh, my other two choices were Andy Samberg, who we already talked about how great he was, uh, because I think he... He has the ability, he is that big, crazy, broad, he has a giant mouth, and Jim Carrey has a huge <laughs> mouth, and it, like certain lines that are the funniest parts, uh, I think, the funniest quotes, seeing what he and doing those things with his mouth, I think would be very funny. Um, and then I had a outsider kind of perspective, a non-comedian who's very weird and funny, Ezra Miller. Oh, um, yeah, that, that is yeah, a left we field talk choice. About Kevin Parks of Wallflower, and he plays the Flash in like the new mm-hmm. yeah Flash things. Th- those are my. I'm tossing them out. I'm not married to either of them. I wanted to. I wanted to think of a comedian, but then I wanted to think of like a non-comedian who was very zany and weird. And that's Ezra Miller's a very zany, strange person. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good s- selection of options. Cozy, who did you have? Uh, okay, let's see. I got a couple of things going on with this. Uh, first of all, Luce's uh, idea with the 58-year-old philosophical weirdo, his actual age right now, uh, I was definitely thinking about that, too. Oh, uh, wow, because, that's so fun. Yeah, because he's such a specific philosophical weirdo now. He's, like, nihilist and strange, and, like, uh, it's it's such a great perspective. 
uh, and I would have I would want it to, uh, I would want to name it after my favorite uh, song from the emo band Running Shoes, which is Ace Ventura Get Perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fucking perfect name from a perfect band. <laughs> And it's great for who he is. They wrote it before he became who he is now, too. They wouldn't have known. They couldn't have possibly. I mean, it, it is a, a Jim Carrey post-documentary about Jim Carrey. Yes, please. Uh, so that was my, my first thought on it. But then I, I kind of settled into the more, like, straight remake, straight-up remake. Uh, and I also did a gender uh, swap casting on a bunch of folks. So my thought on this character, who I realized I don't like a lot, uh, because, <laughs> God, so you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you don't like Ace Ventura, or you don't like the person you picked for the remake? Oh, I don't like Ace Ventura a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. Ace Ventura is a straight-up dick. Like, he's he, an asshole, and I also hate him. Yeah, he. what I realized I is that he's a hyper-confident guy who is made of weird mannerisms and everything is fucking hyper-exaggerated even when he's alone and he's prickly to everybody and, oh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great point. So then who did you cast? Uh, so I ended up casting uh, someone who who has done a good job of over of hyper-confident and weird but I think would do a better kind of weird, and that would be Margot Robbie from Birds of Prey. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yes. That's my an God. interesting choice. Thank oh, I you. love that choice. Oh, oh thank you, you. That's my new favorite choice. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, yeah, I was really trying I mean, to distill what this movie actually was. <laughs> think of that. But yes, it's definitely like just another sort of version of Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my, that's what I bump up against. It's just her doing the same character again, but in a different setting. Yeah, which is why it, do, it doesn't appeal as much to me. That and it's um, not I, even that different of a setting gonna, because she's against cops. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I am going to soft dismiss Jim Carrey because if we make it with Jim Carrey, it's not a remake; it's a sequel. <laughs> that's a good point. You're, and we just had to say it, Sam. Okay, <laughs> I, I understand and I respect that. But I, part of the reason why I'm trying to get as far away from Jim Carrey as possible is because I don't like a lot of the things that happen in this movie. Yeah. I think this is a movie that, when it came out in the '90s, absolutely blew the doors off everything. It's amazingly hilarious. I can see why this is just quoted nonstop forever. But you watch it again now and you're like, ooh, um, I don't, none of this. Yeah, no, this movie like, was very much like engineered so to awful. be, yeah, this movie is meant to be, like engineered as meant to be cool to tweens in the 90s. Uh, it's got like a funny straight white guy acting confident with cursing and unmotivated sex and guitar solos and transphobic jokes. <laughs> guitar yeah. solos, I know. It's so fucking 90s. They have a, it's... what, Cannibal Corpse? Is that the show that he goes to? Yeah. Amazing. So I was funny. so glad he went to I was like, Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I did not remember that. I was rewatching it. I was like, what? Cannibal Corpse? Like, I didn't realize, but it turns out Florida is like the, a hotbed for death metal. <laughs> like, a, like the beginning of death metal happened in Florida. Really? Version of that makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. <laughs> it, it actually does. I understand why they're so angry. Yeah. So our options are Margot Robbie, Andy Samberg, and uh, Ilana Glazer. So of those three... Where, where are you two leaning? Like, how, how are you feeling? What what feels like 
not trying to recapture what the spirit was of the 90s, but would be kind of like the 2020, well, let's be honest, the 2021 version of what this movie would be. I like that you're like, I don't know if we could cast it, write it, and film it this year. So honestly, it'll be a 2020 I feel like like 2020's kind of just a wash, and we're like, all right, let's just make it through this year. Let's actually start doing better and new things next year. Yeah, yeah. I have a weird question for you, and you've gotten this before, I'm sure. The ideal remake of something has to be 2020? Or could it? Could the it's, most it's, ideal version of it have been at another time when, say, Andy Samberg was maybe a little younger? The the idea is is that this is like the whole premise behind this podcast is that <laughs> remakes. I'm so no, seriously, we're monsters. <laughs> Look, the, the the basic idea is remakes exist in Hollywood. They're going to exist. There's nothing we can do to stop them. But inherently, they're often bad. And in order to make them good, I want it to be something where you care about the material, you cast it well, and, you're, and you put a lot of thought and energy into it. You're not just doing it because it's the big name thing. Of course. Right. And so for me, I can't make a remake have happened in the past. Mm. It's if we are remaking this movie now, today, what is the best way to make that movie? Because even if we were remaking it five, ten years ago, it's already dated again. Totally. The only time we've ever done that was for my is for the episode that literally drops tomorrow and it'll be the first and probably only time I ever do that with the exception of other potential April Fool's Day episodes mm. ah, that's so funny so the, the idea is that if we are making this movie again if Hollywood is forcing this movie to exist once more how can we make it the best way possible well, and Cozy, you know what I just realized from what you said is that I forgot that you don't watch TV. So you don't know that Andy Samberg's doing his best work right now on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, that is I've, true. I have heard that to be the case, absolutely. He's, but he's That is true, right but I would now. also argue that he was doing his best work two seasons ago. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... That's a show I, I, I feel like I can't be um, objective about because it makes me laugh consistently, start to finish every episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that I, show. No. A couple of years ago, I, I wrote it. I wrote a, uh, a spec episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, I was like right on board, right up until the end of last season. And then this season, I watched the first couple episodes, and I ended up stopping <gasps> because the show lost me. Oh mm. no! Well, the newest episode is a Halloween heist episode. If I mean, those are obviously. I do love like, those. This I may come back to that. It's very clever. <laughs> they they shift the the structure that they usually use for it. All right, fine. You've convinced <laughs> me. I will watch yes. the Halloween episode. <laughs> no, that's like uh, bringing our podcast into it. Yes. <laughs> um, so what, so I agree that yes, and I actually do think Andy Samberg is really good casting, but I also like the idea of uh, make making Ace Ventura female, and part of the reason for that is because one of the things this movie is going to have a hard time escaping is the fact that this original is transphobic, homophobic. It's, it makes misogynist. fun of the mentally challenged. It's sexist. Yeah. It's misogynist. <laughs> he, Jim Carrey hate. literally negs uh, Courtney Cox in this movie, and then it works. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's oh, after tra- her friend dies. Yeah. That's the Wait, first yeah, thing yeah. they do is have sex after her friend dies. It's terrible. It is dismissive of animal trafficking. It is, it is, I'm sorry, it has become a bad movie in the 26 years. You know what's so so funny? 
is that the animal trafficking though it's even worse than what you see in the movie <laughs> because they got all the animals for that movie from the fucking gross private zoo in tiger king Oh, God, really? Not, not Joe Exotic's zoo, but Doc Antle's oh, zoo, which is a cult where he indoctrinates oh, no. women and holds them hostage to work at his zoo. He supplied all the animals for that movie. <laughs> he talked about oh. it on Tiger King. And oh, I was like, God. how could Ace Ventura get worse? Oh, they could actually support this, like, living, misogynist, <laughs> abusive nightmare person in real life. Well, because Ace Ventura is himself a hoarder. He has all of these animals in an apartment that yeah. should not have all of these animals. <laughs> yeah. And then they find someone who has been trafficking animals, but because he didn't have this specific one, it's fine. I know. I know. Can I mention that this movie could have very easily worked as Ace Ventura regular detective? <laughs> That's the... Okay, so we're, we're going to get into this, but basically Ace Ventura is a soft remake of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Ace Ventura is Sherlock Holmes, but he solves pet crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, the, he, that's what the writer was looking to do. Yeah, and you can even tell, like, so there's, I think there's three scenes in this movie that I would kind of keep as is because I love them. And it's the first scene where he steals the dog. The, yes, the, the very funny. The, the scene where he's solving the the fact, like, this guy was murdered. And he's standing on the balcony, closing the door and screaming. I love that. It's super Sherlock Holmes. And I'm not going to lie, when he goes and finds a shark and he, and he mission impossibles over the balcony and kind of sneaks around and back for no reason at all. I just think it's dumb, but I like it. That part's so funny. The shark gag, I think, is hysterical. Yeah, yeah it, like, it I enjoy nice all to, of that. It is nice to see him doing his job well. Yes. Everything else is bad. Um, but with that in mind, getting back to, uh, the point at hand of like, if we're doing this right now and we're remaking it right now, comedic sensibilities have shifted a little bit and it's a lot. People don't always necessarily, I I would say people don't always associate with zaniness that much, but Andy Samberg actually proves that wrong because Andy Samberg is as zany as possible and people still love it. Mm-hmm. So what like, I would argue, well, here's two things is that I love Alana Glazer and I am in love with Margot Robbie. And I would I think they would both make great choices, uh, surprising choices I didn't even consider. So I love those ideas. There's a part of me that has this like uh, now they're remaking Ace Ventura, but it's with a woman feminism like it just feels so marketed to me it feels so like this is what Mm. we're doing for women this is how it's a progressive movie and obviously because it's us and not paramount it's not like (laughs) we're not you guys aren't the ones but I'm, i'm thinking of it as like if i saw it advertised i'd be so annoyed because it would feel like lip service Kind of the way that, like, Ghostbusters... I actually liked the Ghostbusters with the women, but, like... I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. Um, There's, like, a part of me that I bristle a little bit anytime it's like, well, this is immediately going to be progressive now because a woman is in it. When I think that movies can be just as progressive with any casting that it has more to do with, like, the writing and the representation of all of the characters... With it. Yeah, I agree. And there's a couple of different characters where I like 
what I was going to say, and then I went off on some other tangent and forgot, is that there's a lot of horrible things in the original movie, and part of what I did with the recasting is I kind of hung a lantern on them, and like, yes, this is what was done in the original version, but that's not who we are as a society anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. part of that is, I think a lot of the things that Ace Ventura does are even more unacceptable because Ace Ventura is a guy, and yes. I feel like some of those things are slightly more acceptable if Ace Ventura is a woman. And I completely agree with everything you're saying, Luce. I think that that can certainly get in the way of people's initial reaction to it. But I think part of what makes an ideal remake is, I don't think, judging of that initial reaction, uh, I don't really care as much. What matters mm-hmm. more to me is that we still make a good movie. And I Absolutely. think... In this case, I think the best way to make this movie is Ace Ventura's female and getting all up in people's grills. Like, invading <laughs> personal bubbles is slightly more okay if you're a woman than if you're a dude, because if you're a dude, you're a creepy shithead. Which, <laughs> you can still be if you're point. a woman. Mm-hmm. You can still be a creepy shithead if you're a woman, but it is less likely. That's a really interesting point. I actually like that argument a lot, because... I- it seems like what you're saying is that even if the writing, no matter how progressive you could make the writing of a new one, just having him be an aggressive character would be a lot. Would like inherently right. make it a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of the masculinity within. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Although, ooh, that being said, I know we are already past this, but it just <laughs> popped into my head that Billy Eichner could be an incredible Ace Ventura. I thought about Abs- that. That, that, I mean, if you want someone to just play an asshole, he could be Billy Eichner as, that would be, that would not be Ace Ventura, that would be Billy Eichner as Ace Ventura. That's true, (laughs) he would just be playing his character, that's true, that's true. Okay, all that being said, I think I'm leaning towards, I mean, obviously I love my own choice, who doesn't? Um, (laughs) I, I love Andy Samberg so much, and he's such an inherently good person whom I'm obsessed with. But I do really like the idea of seeing Alana Glazer get in people's faces because she does that. And she's so funny when she does that on Broad City. Would you be comfortable with that, Cozy? Sure. I haven't seen enough of her at all uh, in general. Uh, when I, I think I only saw the Broad City pilot. And when I, when I thought about her, I don't necessarily think physical comedy, but that's because I haven't watched the show. She's very physical on the show. Yeah, she's very. Okay. All right, let's wacky. give it a shot. Yeah, let's uh, do cool. it. So then with that in mind, we now kind of have context for the crazy things that we're going to do. So <laughs> how do we fix Ace Ventura? Cozy, <laughs> you, have a, you have a page of notes. Where do you start? Um, well, okay, so I would make him a thousand percent less wacky because it doesn't fit for right now anymore. It just Great. feels like Perfect he's casting, saying random then. catchphrases. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, I, I tentatively agree that him just shouting random things into the streets doesn't necessarily work for especially, me. Especially but I when like he's the alone. situations he's in. <laughs> yeah, like, like when he does it when he's alone, it's just crazy. He's just acting crazy for nobody. Yeah. And he's super love- prickly, like I was saying. He's just being a jerk to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And I, it's hard for me to get behind that as a character who they even said had anger issues. Yeah. He's uh he's an asshole to literally every single human being he encounters. Yeah, and not I in a good way, with, not in a charming way. <laughs> I, I think with two exceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. the two exceptions are uh the uh the Finkel's 
parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very nice to them. If he was at that level the whole movie, he would have not been an asshole. But he is. So, Cozy, other than just make it less wacky, what other situations do you want to see Ace Ventura in? What, like, what are the things you want to see Ace doing? Uh, you know, I would love to see him either solving more animal-based crimes that actually have to do with animals or get animals out of there completely because they don't make sense in this movie. They're unnecessary for the story. It could have been anything. It's Ace just... Ventura detective detective? Yeah, it could have easily <laughs> okay. been a detective comedy. Like, especially if they were patterning it around Sherlock Holmes as a comedy. Like, where the animals even matter? Where could they matter? I mean, other than premise... Uh, they could have. They didn't have to steal a dolphin. They could have done fucking anything to put him on the trail. In the end, the dolphin didn't matter. I mean, the crazy thing is that it is literally not an animal crime. It is yeah. just he. He's just going. And, it's a human crime, but an animal's involved. Right. Like yeah. the police would still solve that crime. Like it was yeah. a theft of a, a major mascot of the NFL. Like, of course. <laughs> I mean, literally all three of the crimes he's solving are this animal is missing. <laughs> so there's the dog at the beginning where it was like her her ex-boyfriend and she lives in a gorgeous house and he lives in a shitty thing so that's a whole separate story but mm. and then it's like he's trying to find this lost dove and he's trying to find a lost dolphin so <laughs> if it was me i think he needs to be proving an animal's innocence like everyone thinks this animal killed someone and is going to be <laughs> euthanized and he has to prove or in our case she has to prove that this animal is, in fact, innocent. <laughs> Interesting. That is, I believe, the movie. An oh. actual pet detective instead of, say, a pet finder. So maybe That's even less thing. about pets and more about, an- like, an animal detective. Because pet yeah. is a specific word for something that doesn't seem involved in this movie either. Uh, I mean, is a mascot a pet? No. I mean, no, but I will say that pet detective <laughs> rolls off the tongue more than animal detective. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they focus grouped both, and I think Pet Detective uh, is, is better. You're not wrong. I agree with everything you just said, but <laughs> um, I love that idea, Sam. I love the idea of two animals wronging each other. I think there's like a lot of space for <laughs> wacky comedy. I love wackiness. I didn't, actually. Say, I didn't mean the animal killed another animal. I meant the animal killed a person. <laughs> oh, I like the two animals against each other. I was thinking like dog fights, but something like a little more cheery. <laughs> Amazing. No. Like, I want like, there to be a murder, but they think the dolphin did it or something. Okay, oh. that's even more wacky. I in fact I love the nineties wackiness and I want to inject that back into movies. Like I think we need more big broad character comedies right now. So I'm all about that idea. I actually stuck with the original theme. I don't really have a problem with the missing animal angle. I never even thought about it until this moment. I never questioned <laughs> it. That was never the part I had a problem with. I think that <laughs> football is boring, and I think ev- I think everything having to do with football really kills the plot. As in, it's like who gives a shit what happens to a football mascot? But um, I, I, I was surprised when they said all of our teams. What are they going to do if they are they going to be worried about their mascots? <laughs> I'm like, what other professional football teams have a living animal as their mascot? None. No teams do that. It's not safe. Like that wouldn't be like that doesn't even exist now. That's a whole like SeaWorld Blackfish you know phenomena. Mm. Um, so, well, my idea was that the, the pet, the animal that gets stolen is Mayor Max, the dog mayor of Idlewild. Oh, 
Yeah. And then like Idlewild is so beautiful and it's like the mountains. So it would be like very like pretty. And also if like uh, Ace as Alana is based in LA, like the, you know, fast talking city, wild girl, Los Angeles meets like the hippie, slow, uh, thoughtful mountain people of Idlewild. It would have a good like clashing of, uh, you know, fish out of water kind of a vibe. I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah. What if he kills a rival, like a political rival? <laughs> yeah. Like, like so uh, it's, um, so we're doing Roger Rabbit meets Welcome to Mooseport. Yeah. Well, I, I know As Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Roger Rabbit for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. We have a whole episode about it. <laughs> I know. I listened to it. It's, you should watch the movie. Oh. <laughs> Disrecommend. <laughs> no, he watched it. He watched it and hated it. I have yet to watch it. I still need to watch Roger Rabbit. I've never seen Welcome to Mooseport either. Mm. Oh, I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small town, and then like the big city guy comes in and was like, "I think it's they're both running for mayor or something." Ah, okay, okay. Oh, it's uh, R- did that Ray come out, like Romano. Yeah, yeah, it is Ray Romano, right? I did see that movie. It's forgettable. I can't remember. I remember yes, it it's now. not great. Um, I just, I'm, yeah. So, but I like that idea. I like the idea of big city person like coming in and we honestly can take like the disrespect to the small town ways as part of the character. Cause the honest truth is that Ace Ventura as our lead character has no arc. Ace Ventura at the beginning of the movie and Ace Ventura at the end of the movie are exactly the same. Yes. And uh, like what we can do is the arc of Ace Ventura can be... Like, you guys don't get it. I'm the I'm the big city pet detective. You hired me. I'm good at this. And then literally, like, learns to be like, all right, you guys are cool. I respect you a little bit. I, like I think it. that if I think that if we're going to write, if we're going to make sure that pets are really included and super still a part of this and animals are a thing, I think we need to understand his origin story a lot more because he glossed the fuck over it in that first in the movie. Uh, he made a joke and that was it. Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, his joke is bad. You really love animals. If it's cold enough. Oh, uh, oh yeah. no! I meant the Courtney Cox part where he was telling that whole fake story about the dog. Oh yeah, no, I hate that. Yeah, um, like let's I, have him say why he's a fucking pet detective. Yeah, I don't want to do like a flashback origin scene, but if there's like a legitimate, honest story, I'm cool with her telling that. Yeah, like, I think it would I, be a cool like like a two or three minute thing where it's like if they're giving if they're hassling her for not understanding their ways or something, and she's like, "Listen, I built this department from my hands, from yes. my bare hands, with all the love. Nobody gave a shit about animals. Peta's making <laughs> things worse. I came in here with my knowledge as a detective and my love as an animal activist, and I combined these." two things for a more powerful role i've saved a thousand animals in los angeles that want, me to make it d- want me to make it darker yeah all right so here's my here's my pitch for the origin story uh <laughs> ace ventura was an excellent detective a fantastic cop which we already can see from the original movie uh but she was so good that like she also was going into like she was also like working to defend people and like finding the real people and she ended up getting someone who was in fact guilty off and then that person went and committed murder and so she was like heartbroken by this because like like she ended up working to to free someone who was guilty and the thing about animals is that every animal is innocent (gasps) i love that yes that's it that's Um, our origin story i love it what if someone killed her dog (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I did just pitch that this is a, re- a remake version <laughs> of um, what's it called? Keanu Reeves movie. John Wick. Yeah, this is a this is a Jane Wick. This is Jane Wick. I mean, look, <laughs> getting through that first John Wick movie was really hard because killing a dog's really sad. It was very um, sad, but also pretty fast. Happened pretty quick in the movie. It it is, but also not that funny. No. Yes. Actually, but, uh, differently funny. Not the dog killing part. Not a, not not nineties wacky zany comedy funny. Very true, but we're remake we're remaking it now. That's true. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, uh, I want to say no to a dog being murdered. Yeah, I fair. feel like you can't get on board, Cozy, but I appreciate that you went there. Yeah, yeah the enthusiasm fair. is wonderful, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you, as a human being, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. But okay, so with that in mind, let's just do a quick pitch session. What are some other animal crimes that can be solved that aren't just finding a lost animal? Mm. Just for fun. Mm. Like, if we want to have, like, other weird side stories and things going on. Like, disproving an animal committed a crime? Great. Finding a lost animal? Great. What's a third or fourth? Maybe, like, a, like an animal graffiti artist? Or, like, an animal that, like, keeps walking in wet cement? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, the... Sparksy. It's like the <laughs> like, like an animal that keeps uh, like messing things up, but everyone's like, we can't find this cat. Yeah, but the but it's like it's sort of like beloved art at the same time. But then like all the companies are mad, so it's like uh, corporations against like the small local animal artist. <laughs> wow, I like it. There's, what if a raccoon a... stole the Hope Diamond? Ooh, that's like a very simple. You know what? You went simple and big, and I went uh, very, very complex. And <laughs> I like it all. <laughs> I mean, in both cases, I think we can all agree that whatever we do this movie, the sequel is someone training animals to commit crimes. <laughs> and that's the sequel. Ooh, could it be like an Ocean's, like Ace Ventura Ocean's, Ocean's Ventura? <laughs> <laughs> Where it's all animals instead of people? Oh. I mean, doing a I, together. I want that, but I think that's the project that that's. I hear sirens, that's but funny. I think that's the uh, the the uh, the arc of the Airbud movies. Dog doing a sport. Dog doing oh. a sport. Dog doing a sport. We're puppies and we're saving the world. Oh, good. Yes, good point. Which nothing wrong with that. I think those are wonderful. Wait, is that what happened um, in Ocean's Eleven? <laughs> they <laughs> saved the world as puppies. No, 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 but if like we start as like solving animal crimes, and then it just ends up being all animals, mm. then we've just we've just made pets. Ah, okay. Oh no, okay, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or uh, what was the movie? Dogs vs. Cats. Oh, yeah. Or, well, we we haven't really talked about who the uh, who the who the villain's going to be yet, and if it's revealed that it's actually an animal, that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board with that, and. <laughs> Uh, so, so what is our crime? Our crime is that, so, someone kidnaps Max the dog, right? Or, yes. or, I'm sorry, frames Max the dog as a murderer. Sure. And so it's all about proving Max the dog didn't do this crime. Mm-hmm. So it has to be someone trying to take down Max the dog. Yeah, it's like somebody who wants to be the mayor. Ooh. And it could very easily be the craziest cat lady the world has ever known. 
or it could be a political rival, or both. Uh, I feel like there's always there's too much shade on cat ladies. Cat Agreed. ladies are great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I got no problem with it. That's fine. So yeah, just pure, one, yeah. <laughs> purely, pure, purely political espionage then. <laughs> I think that's fun to do a political espionage because that is totally different from the first movie. And it's... Uh, I agree. Has like, um, what's that Denzel Washington remake? Uh, Flight? No, political. Um, the oh, Manchurian Candidate? Manchurian Am I guessing candidate. randomly? Was yes, I right? No. Weird. Yeah, Holy it's like, like a Manchurian Candidate kind of vibe. Manchurian Crazy. Candidate's a remake? <laughs> yes. The original one had Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I did not know that. I just assumed he was in the, in the first one. No. <laughs> With Important. that in mind, I feel like we need to have our... So the first red herring that they throw at us is uh, Ron Camp, which is the rich guy who's actually an animal trafficker, but he didn't traffic this animal, so he's cool. Mm. What is our first red herring in this movie? Because I feel like it's going to be someone who has a lot of dogs. Like, I feel like it could be a dog trainer. Mm. Like, someone else in... Uh, say the name of the town? Idlewild. Uh, Idlewild. Thank you. Uh, I, it, this other person in Idlewild who just, like, literally had... So, what, like, here's the joke. Like, whenever people talk about a, a dog going to live at a farm in upstate, that's my farm! Here are all these dogs! <laughs> that's a great joke. I love it. And Ooh, it can literally be someone, like... It, it. It's so obvious that a dog committed this crime. Who's the other person in town who could do such good training of dogs who's already a little bit weird... And then we go meet this person who has, it's hard to say too many dogs because I don't believe it in my heart, but too many dogs. Maybe they have like a, like animal training, animal trainer for film company that was like really big in like the eighties or nineties. And it could be like really big in the nineties because there were like a lot of animal movies in the nineties and it could be a callback to the first film. Um, And, and since uh, CGI, they haven't worked with real animals as much. So he has, he has that kind of look of somebody who had money 20 or 30 years ago, but now everything's kind of run down and he's just kind of a hermit, but he can still like train animals really well. Yeah, I love that. And then deep in my heart, I know that it, when we do that, like I would love to have an actual animal doing tricks, but then in my head to go wacky, they have to be ridiculous tricks, which you would have to do with CGI and it doesn't work and it makes me sad. But like in my head, I want it to this person to have a bunch of animals in those uh, mo- mocap suits, like in the green mocap suits covered in a bunch yes. of ping pong balls. Or tennis balls that they're trying to eat. Yeah, like yes. like the, like this bear is acting opposite a tennis ball, and it is the best damn scene we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and love he, it. That's he, amazing. He, he he doesn't have the cred that he used to, and everyone's like, "Old man Jenkins, the old animal yeah. trainer." <laughs> but if an animal murdered someone, all of a sudden animals are back. They can really do these things. Mm-hmm. If an animal can murder a political rival, they can also star in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think that I think that's a good first red herring. <laughs> uh, so I'm presuming that our two, like our Melissa Robinson and our uh, Roger Pedactor, are like aides to the dog, right? Like aides to Max the dog. Yeah. Yes. Is Melissa Robinson Courtney Cox's character? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 They're like the caretakers of Mayor Max. Yes. 
So and wait, they love Mayor Max. They mm-hmm. they would do anything for Mayor Max. Yeah. yeah, and they're also kind of doing actual political things in that town, right? I would imagine. I mean, they're probably the ones actually mayoring the town. Yeah, because there is a figurehead in this situation, so we need to make sure we know who's really pulling the strings around yeah. here. Uh, you know, well, that could end up being the real villain. They really wanted to get the credit they deserved or something. Yeah, possibilities. <laughs> yeah, or it could it could be a disgraced uh, former aide that, like, uh, Pedactor or Melissa... Probably Pedactor, because Pedactor's the one that's killed. Like, someone that Pedactor actually replaced because the dog didn't like them anymore. Like, they started... Like, it was just... I, I just started wearing a different perfume. Because you talk about how, like, babies and dogs, like, if you change your scent, they don't like you anymore because they think you're a different <laughs> person. And, like, the, it couldn't go back to the way it was and this person was fired and they used to run the town and now they're nothing. <laughs> nothing. And it's because Max rejected me. If a dog doesn't like you, you're a bad person. No! <laughs> yes, that's so great. Um, and then to clarify, is it that Max is framed for killing another person? Is someone dead? In a the political beginning? rival. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody is dead. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. So who would who would be a legitimate political rival in this situation? If, if Max is like the real uh, figurehead that everybody loves, would it be like? Did people decide that it's time to no longer have a dog figurehead? Yeah, I like to think I, that there's a part of the town that's like, this is ridiculous, and people, and like, because, you know, it's a whole thing for tourism right now, and it could be people like, we have real things, we have the mountains, we have these beautiful views, these gorgeous vineyards that are here, because it's also like mm-hmm. wine country there, it's right. like, we don't need to have a dog, this cheapens the beauty that we have, this makes this seem like a circus show or something, so and, it could be this aspect of yeah, it the could other be an aspect of town do. that's very serious, you know. It's it's true. Here, here's very my pitch. Snooty. I, I yeah. would presume that the dog is the leftist candidate. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 right candidate we could totally treat as like a, a Trump stand-in, and then we get to murder Trump, and that'd be fun. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and it's like someone who's like, we gotta we let's let's make Idlewild great again. No more dogs, just people in charge. It's what you want. Yeah. This is the accent I'll definitely have in the movie. Oh. In the uh, picture. Is Stacy like Keach rather... still alive? I feel like Stacey... I don't know who that is. I don't believe so, no. I believe I heard that he died at some point. Oh, damn. He would be but so I might be good wrong. in that role. I guess my question then is, would we rather have that be the person who dies and we're trying to solve that person's murder, or would we rather have the Trump stand in as a villain because we don't like him? Uh, well, no, because I want the person to be a troop. Like, I, because we can have the political rival be killed, and that's a big thing. But then the person who did it is for their own political gain. Right. Uh, like, I still Well, the person who did the killing is, like, the people who own Max, right? Because they want to get rid of the political rival. Ooh. Uh, maybe. Or, or, but again, that's the framing aspect. Like, you Mm -hmm. would think it would be them and or Max, but it was really, uh... Einhorn, who was doing it for the purposes of framing them. Right, like, right, right. Einhorn might not like this dude also because he's a monster well, for separate reasons. And I think we could keep Einhorn as a member of the police department. I think that's one of the few things that works about it. Yeah. Double I, agent. I, like, literally, Einhorn could have been security detail for Max until she couldn't be security detail for Max anymore. Yeah. Ooh. And, like, that was such a step down, and that's literally, like, you're rejected by a dog... What oh, that's what do? you're talking about, about the perfume change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. 
How about that? I like that a lot. Yeah, let's cool. give it a shot. Yeah, I really like that because one of the things that always bothered me, I mean, we all we know flat out that it's transphobic and it's um, there's not a lot more to say about it. It's a really abusive um, reveal. And one of the things mm-hmm. that bothered me aside from that is that it's so unnecessary. That person yeah. could have just been a, a double agent. Like mm-hmm. it could have, they didn't have to, you know, have without even doing the reveal and they could, it could have just been like, yeah, this person is a, like, it's already, they act like the mystery is that it's crazy that it's a gender reassignment and not yeah. just that it's a double agent. You know what I mean? They put a yeah. hat on a hat. Right, really like did. it literally it serves no purpose other than being like, this is gross, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's reactions were so, like, heightened for the sake of comedy, but instead just revealed stuff about their fears on sexuality. Yeah, that, well, that yeah. lasts for so long. I didn't remember it's... how long it was. And it happens mm-hmm. twice. Yep. Jim yeah. Carrey does it where he's burning his clothes and he's naked in the shower crying. He's like, I kissed a man naked in the shower crying. So there's right. the homophobia. And then we get to the thing at the end where it's like, I was a man. And then they're all spitting. The yeah. only way that joke works is if like, because in my head, I was like, the only way this joke works is if Einhorn kissed all of them. Which is kind which of Which is a funny. whole separate funny thing, <laughs> yeah. but we're losing it in the, the homophobia and the transphobia. Right. Like, that's a work. funny just, bit. Yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, it's high, it just, it doesn't work in the same way that a normal heightened response for comedy would work. Because it says so many shitty things about them as people. <laughs> right. Yes. I agree. And if yeah, they, and, the and 90s like, are a bad thing. time. Yeah, if we want to say that all cops are bad, we can do that in a lot easier way. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make cops bad. And the thing that, too, is interesting about it being misogynist is before it's the reveal, she is just shown as like a ball buster, like tough lady cop and like he yeah. hates her for being tough and so yeah. that which sucks. she does a she does a great fucking job too like yeah, Sean, Sean Young kills Young. it in this she really does it's, yeah it's she she did great like uh, it's it's amazing like the different things that like other like that Sean Young's done just because I, I, I didn't necessarily recognize her sure I mean this role was beneath her <laughs> decidedly yes yeah literally but, almost but she does a great job at it yes she i love the it. character like yeah, the like, character is really her. funny 100 yeah. percent. like the character was great she was great in it we just didn't need all the other bullshit <laughs> yeah so we agree with that uh and then there's a whole scene where it's like the person went nuts and we literally just have the scene at the the mental facility so we can make fun of mentally challenged people which is not good um, but what that was to I, I kind of want to cut that entirely. Yeah, because that was to learn about Finkel, right? Like what yeah. happened to him, sort of. Okay, There's so yeah. many better it's... ways they could have. He could have just been like, "Hey, do you have any of this person's stuff? We're we're cops, so fucking show it to us." Yeah, it wouldn't have needed to be like subterfuge. Let's get in there. If we want to reveal that Einhorn is crazy, and especially if we, like, we want to have that laces out joke, if it's like based on the perfume, we can literally find this person with a lab of all these different kinds of scents and just systematically trying to figure out what the best scent is to appeal to specific animals. Mm. And then we can have like this person's an even bigger villain because they're like, this person's been stealing bears and skunks and raccoons and dogs to try to make them love him. Or her. <laughs> I like that. So that that 
So that's Einhorn in this role. And then, so yeah. if they were like private security detail for Mayor Max and then Mayor Max didn't like them anymore and they had to leave, like what have they been doing? Are they doing something else now? Are they pretending well, to be you, helpful? You guys still? wanted them to go, you, you guys wanted them to go back and rejoin the police force. I'm perfectly happy with that. Like this person could be not necessarily the head of the police department, but like this aggrieved police officer who just like ever like literally the the uh the precinct laughing stock mm, i think that they should want to be helpful on this case though mm-hmm. you know like i think yeah. they should be very sympathetic and be like hey look i'm coming to you ace because i used to work with max and i'm i'm open i'm an open book i'm here to help you know so that they work really closely together it's part of it being like a uh, i'm good with that i agree with expecting that expecting it yeah that makes uh, sense. I I still have the Courtney Cox Melissa character kind of being the the like the straight man straight woman in the character because we need someone to balance out the zaniness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm perfectly happy throwing the the Einhorn character in there too. Like, I, like especially as someone who's like, I mean, you're a person from another town. I, there's no one that knows this town better than a beat cop. I will go with you. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes sense. Plus, an idle wild nothing seem probably happens anyway. Yeah, that's probably the whole reason why place. the dog is a mayor because there's like not many people there and nothing ever <laughs> happens. Yeah, so I imagine the real Sounds chief great. of police is bored as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, it could, this person could literally be the only no because I want him to be the laughing stock. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so then, with that in mind, then the uh, like then. Pedactor can be killed, and it's like it's framed to be a suicide, but it could also just, but like, they're killed because like they found out that it was uh, Einhorn. Mm, That's fine. Like pushed off a mountain, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other character that I I want to have is I want to kind of have that asshole other cop who's like going in and making fun of uh, Ace, and I guess in this case Einhorn. Yeah. And I just like just someone else to have. That's like a new character. No, that uh, it's a. Uh, uh, Who's the a, other Aguda. asshole? It, it was it was the Sergeant it was Aguado? the large guy. Aguada, right. thank you, Sergeant. That's right, thank you. I, I misspelled Sergeant. I, instead of doing SGT, I wrote AGT, and I was like Agent Aguado. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sergeant Aguado. So then, with that in mind, in terms of like plot and structure, is there anything else we're missing? Oh, good question. Well, I think that we could do the laces out scene and that uh, Einhorn's whole lab can be at their parents' house. So like when Ace and Einhorn are like, because if Einhorn's coming forth and being like, let me help you, and they're kind of becoming friends to work on this case together, I assume he would Ace would go to Einhorn's place, right? So you don't see all that yeah. stuff there. But there could be, because I actually, that's one of my favorite scenes because I guess it's slightly making fun of a crazy quote unquote person, but I think it's Mm -hmm. really weird because it shoehorned this very dark element into the plot. It's a very dark scene. Yeah. Um, It's very dark and I don't disagree. I kind of like it also like used the parents and then abandoned them once like just done. Yeah. Yeah. And and have them be sweet and have it be like this very frightening, like mad scientist lab moment and maybe yeah. there are still things written on the wall like i see i just kind of like a classically mad scientist love it i think like, that's great you could do the windows with like all the um equations and things written on them <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think dog that's great. equal dog equals love with like a slash on the equal sign <laughs> <laughs> yeah good amazing 
Uh, I feel cool. I wonder if, uh, nah, never mind. We're good. <laughs> okay, so then do you want to get into casting? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay, great. Uh, so we're going to be getting to casting our Ace Ventura remake. Ace Ventura is already going to be played by uh, Ilana Glazer. So now let's start with uh, the person. And there aren't that many characters in this movie who have, like, more than five lines. Uh, like, I think I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people total. Okay, um, I just, I didn't, I just recasted um, Einhorn and um, Melissa's character. Okay. Uh, Cozy, did you have more than... Uh, yeah, I, I had a bunch of people in there who may or may not analog over. Um, Love it. We'll get I'm into not... it. We'll get... Then let's let's start with uh, let's start with Melissa then. I Cozy, love- who did you have for Melissa? Uh, start with Luce because I felt like she was too thin. Sorry, and- I, I I love I okay. I would love to have uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh yes, Melissa. please. All right, here's here's my thought about that. Um, I cast the exact same person. <laughs> mm. This is a rough really? one. How are we gonna solve? Yeah, it? I literally cast the exact same person because That's she's amazing. so good in Birds of Prey as just kind yeah. of being like this blank slate, mm-hmm. and just watching craziness just wash over her. Yeah. She's perfect for it. And she's and, I love her in uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, I mean, she's good in basically everything yeah, she's, she's ever done. Perfect in everything. She's she a really good straight. Per- she's a straight person in Scott Pilgrim, also. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, obviously Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and we both came up with the same person. It's perfect. That's happening. so wild. I love that. <laughs> it happens every once in a while, and every time it does, it just tickles me. Yeah, it really <laughs> feels like it's, like, uh, meant to be. Yeah. All right, so then let's... And so, Cozy, the reason why I thought that character was... Because we, we need a straight man. Yeah, I'm not... I don't, I don't want her getting gotten rid of. I just wish they wrote her better. Yeah, yeah well, if it's literally... Mary Elizabeth Winstead, they will. Mm-hmm. I fucking hope so. I really do. <laughs> yeah. So then let's talk about Einhorn. Uh, who did who did y'all have for Einhorn? So I thought it would be interesting to actually cast a trans actress in this role, mm-hmm. but not have it mm-hmm. ever be a reveal and have it never mm-hmm. be about them being trans, but just mm-hmm. have that as like a nod to like this sucked and like this role deserves like a like a real trans actress should be in this role to like make up for the sins of the past. What okay. do you think about that? Well, there's uh, like, well, so there's, who did you have? I have a cup. So I have two different people. I have, um, Trace Lizette from trans parent and I have Jamie Clayton from sense eight. Got it. All right. Those are uh, both good choices. My logic was exactly the same. Okay. The exact same reasons, but I had Laverne Cox. Okay. Yes. So I thought about Laverne Cox and then I was like, that felt like too, she's so big. You know, I was trying to, I felt like I want, I do like the idea of having a person of color though, because so far it's a very white cast. Yeah. I, I was trying, the the problem is I was trying to find someone for that zaniness for Ace uh, as a person of color, but I just, I just couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have a couple people of color sprinkled in, uh, in a few more places, but yes, I, I, I like diversifying it up. We are going to a small town, but who gives a shit? Let's cast interesting people of, uh, yeah. But oh, I, yeah, I, I also like. agree with your first, like, I, I do like the idea of making a trans person and then never addressing that at all ever. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Cozy, who did you have for Einhorn? I was thinking about that too, and I couldn't decide if it like accidentally gave legitimacy to the shittiness of the first movie or not 
Um, that's but, fair. That's legit. That's that's a real concern. Yeah, it's a tough call. If it if it's framed right, anything can be done well. It just has to be framed right. Um, my only thought on it was Sean Young's like like a better like Sean Young now, so she doesn't have to deal with the bullshit humiliation at the end of the movie and kind of the short end of the stick they gave her in that one. Because oh, yeah, like I, cool I really show. hope that's not a pun, Cozy. Nothing ever is. No such thing. But uh, also, just like because. You know, I I was thinking, I don't know, I, I don't know. I hate how age is such a stupid factor, but shouldn't be. And I was like, yeah, she's a she's like a high up person in the police force. Uh, age should not be a, a factor in any way. She's killing it. I don't know. I'd love to see her do it now. Yeah, I'm okay with anything. Honestly, well, she was. I was, she was thinking the last about. Choice. I was actually thinking about age, and Jamie Clayton is 42, which was mm. a little younger than Sean. It was a, no, it's like about Sean Young's age when she was in Ace Ventura. Really? Because I was like. Yeah, getting some. Yeah, she wasn't. Sean Young was like in her like mid or late forties, wasn't she? Maybe. I don't know. Well, anyway, we believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Okay. So, but I yeah. I do like the idea of having it be a trans person. I completely see where you're coming from, Cozy, and I don't want it to be someone who transitioned over the course of these events i just wanted to happen to be a trans actor and it's just like like this is a franchise that was shitty to the trans community let's Mm -hmm. try to promote people in the trans community instead as long as it doesn't feel like it's forgiving uh implicitly by casting that person in it like is it like would casting a trans person would that would them accepting that role be a concession that's a great That's question. That's a good question, and I feel like we would need to ask someone in the trans community. That's the key right there. None of us can really answer it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say tentatively, and obviously that one performer wouldn't be able to speak for the entire trans community either. Also right. true. Um, the, the thing that I'd like to, uh, to go back to is I did a, what was it? Do either of you know uh, Chris Lord? I don't. Okay, he's he's involved in the comedy community as well, and he was a guest on my podcast for a couple deep dive episodes. Mm. We did a deep dive on Superman, and we did a deep dive into James Bond. And one of the thing, and Chris happens to be gay, but one of the things he talks about was he wants more gay representation. But one of the things uh, that's important for representation is that there's a lot of gay coded villains that mm. aren't necessarily gay. Like Disney does that a lot. Yes, and one of the things that you'll know that you'll have actual representation is when someone can like there can be a gay person as a villain and they're not a villain because they're gay they are a gay person who happens to be a villain Mm. and the who happens to be a blank is never good and i'm not a big fan of that but one of the steps towards positive representation is kind of reclaiming the roles that were generally used for subjugation Mm -hmm. which i don't know if i'm wording that right and he certainly worded it better than i did uh but I think if you treat the role with respect, I think any role can be a good role if it's treated with respect and not treated as stunt casting or uh, making fun of that community. Hmm. And so that's why I do think it's important to recast, uh, or not recast, to to recast this as an actual trans person because this is a franchise that made like was like, oh, this is what trans people are like. And now it can be like, no. This is what this individual trans person is like. And I, also I don't know. Like, I'm wording this poorly. I, no, I, know, like, I know. It's also the cis. Say. It's also the cis white dude saying all these things. So whatever <laughs> I'm saying is garbage, regardless. 
Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, and it's just the kind of thing where it's like, this is a movie that maybe doesn't deserve to be remade because of what it's already done. Right. And yeah, so that was how I felt about 16 Candles, but whatever. Right. <laughs> but but the, we, we, we did that episode, too. No, but that's the conceit <laughs> of the show. So there's, like, there's something to be said for, like, if this is going to be done, what's the best possible way to make up for all of the wrongdoing it did? Because, like, we were talking mm. about... The transphobia and the trans abuse is the most evident and the most disgusting, but it's also laden with homophobia and misogyny as well. So, mm. yeah, I think a lot and of I, the- I think I think if you could put those kinds of characters in the same places and then the, the thing about Hollywood is Hollywood leads by example, like yes. things that are like, oh, this is funny and satire. Like part of the reason I have a big problem with Joker, which is a whole separate thing, is because there are people, people who don't get it and like, oh, that's imitatable. Like, mm-hmm. I also am not a big fan of South Park, not because I don't think South Park isn't brilliant, but because when I was in high school, I was bullied because of South Park. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think, I just think Hollywood has a, has a responsibility to like, this is how we treat other humans. Like, we're not, I think, so I think it's just, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. I also think that, um, I think although we are making a movie about a dick. The important thing is that joke works and the buildup was worth it. <laughs> I think, too, with remakes, a lot of times, uh, sometimes the newer one re- replaces the older one. And that's true. It doesn't always work. Obviously, that's not like what happened with Ghostbusters. But I think with like a lot of horror movies, there's a lot of people that don't know when certain horror movies are remade because they're remade off of like a, you know, a Vincent Price film from the 50s or something. You know? So it's like. Yeah, or Manchurian Candidate. Exactly. That's the perfect. So, like, if we were going to replace Ace Ventura, we would want something that showed the best of everybody. And Mm, I think, in general, trans people should just be casted in all roles. Like, actresses and actors of all uh, genders deserve to be cast. And so, this. And again, none of us are really in that community and can't really comment. But yes, I agree with you. And I think that's. The wokest we could possibly be with this moment. I, I would fear. I definitely agree that like stunt casting would be a concern, but I fear the erasure of having it be a cis person. It's. Mm, it's. I feel like yeah. it's acting as if it didn't exist. It's about saying, "Well, like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. We did it bad, and let's just act Ooh, like it didn't happen." Too. Yeah, that's. Yeah, just I, I think that's a good argument. Yeah, it makes sense. So, with that in mind, uh, cozy, you're not familiar with either of them. Luce, of your two choices. Who do you think would be best in this role? I would let. I think I'm leaning towards Jamie Clayton. All right, uh, cozy. Are you comfortable with that? Sure. <laughs> Done. Jamie Clayton as Lieutenant Lois Einhorn or Lieutenant Einhorn, whatever. Yes. Um. Cool. So, uh, Luce, that ends the list of uh, actors you recast. Uh, yes, I so didn't. I only did the main ones there. That's fine. So that brings me to uh, Emilio, the cop friend. Cozy, did you have someone for that? Uh, yeah. Um, for Emilio, I had Randall Park. <gasps> oh, fun. Cozy, you're not going to fucking believe this. <laughs> did I win? Did we do it? Hey, we're killing it. I also cast Randall Park. This is beautiful. That's Meant crazy. To be. I would that, love that. That is so nuts. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. It's, oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love you. Thank wow, you, I, Randall Park and Alana Glazer together, I think, would be very funny. Oh hell yeah! yeah. I'm sure Ugh. they've been together before in various things because of like the New York comedy scene. Anyway, absolutely. Right. Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. 
No funny. Wait, was Randall uh, Park California comedy scene or New York comedy scene? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. The important thing is we're both genius people. There we go. Um, so then the next person I had was Roger Pedactor. And I, I'm now realizing that I'm going to have to kill this man. And that makes me sad. <laughs> um, so did you have someone for Roger Pedactor? Uh, yeah, but it was just like whoever okay. I thought kind of looked like the actor from like from back uh, okay. then, and that's Dave Bautista. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> so the the actor I had is Ron Funches. Oh, Ron would be super fun. And I, I have him because would be so sad. I, it, yes, I agree. It would be very sad. And a, I just think he's a delightful man, but mm-hmm. he's also very funny and like can kind of like be taking all of the zaniness with a grain of salt. Mm. And like it, instead of it being kind of this faceless dude, we're like, wait, who's dead now? It'll be like, oh, what? Ron yeah. Funches? No. Oh, that's a good like call. It, it would it would be a death that means something instead of uh, we don't give a shit about this guy. Hey, uh, Jim Carrey's gonna go uh, bang Courtney Cox now. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh. Good lord. We yeah, get, no we're one getting can bang into that anyone. scene, right? The banging while all the animals watch? Yeah, I really hate that scene. Yeah, it's no not one a can good bang scene. anyone after Ron Funches dies. Okay. Yeah, Sounds no, good. absolutely not. Those are the so, rules. Yeah. Uh, Those are good. The rules. So, so then I had two more. Uh, I had Sergeant Aguado and Ron Camp. Cozy, did you have anyone other than those two? Uh, other than those two, I did not have anyone. I didn't care about Ron Camp at all. I, I wanted someone for the for the red herring. Um, yeah. So we'll get to him in a second. Who did you have for Sergeant Aguado? Um, I was trying to think of someone who I've seen in movies be a jerk to people, like, <laughs> but not a smart jerk, so he can still be topped by the like the jerk we like. Mm-hmm. And like, I was mostly coming up empty, but I also thought maybe Walton Goggins from one <gasps> of the um, yeah from one of the. Yes. Uh, yeah, from one of the Tarantino movies where he's a jerk and also uh, wrong. He was in Hateful Eight and he was in um, Django, Django Unchained. Unchained. Yeah, yeah I can't remember who I hated him in. I love him in Justified. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, that, that's, that's an excellent choice and I love your logic behind it. My logic was similar. I wanted someone who could be absolutely cutting while still being legitimately funny instead of just being like another asshole. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's why I went with Wanda Sykes. That's fun. Yeah. So, but because I feel, like, I feel like she's she would be more likely to be right, though. I don't know. I, I don't want someone who's so legitimately cutting that they're correct. I want someone who can be. <laughs> I want someone who can be topped like an idiot. <laughs> that is a fair argument. I yeah, like that argument a lot. Yeah. Um. So, because you say you don't have someone for this role between Walton Goggins and Wanda Sykes, where are you leaning? <laughs> Well, I, I love the idea of Wanda Sykes because she's a delight and I want to see her on more things. But I really liked Cozy's argument about how I do feel like you agree with Wanda Sykes. It's, she doesn't have a way of being the enemy. She feels yeah, like she's, she's, not, I, she's never wrong. I, I, I think it was an excellent point and I agree. So, yeah, and I love Walton Goggins. Goggins because he's like believable to have like, um, you know, cred. But at the same time, he's slimy enough to <laughs> yeah. want to knock him down a peg. Yeah, I want to Absolutely. see Alana Glazer destroy him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then then the last character is Ron Camp, and I'm the only one who has uh, someone for that. So I wanted someone who kind of, like, plays the, 
Well, again, the the way he is in the original movie is he's kind of this like smarmy asshole. Mm-hmm. This will be and the animal trainer, right? In this case, we flipped it and now it's an animal trainer, and I kind of find this slightly more delightful. But I cast someone who is kind of often the asshole. Like, he's literally played the devil. Mm. Um, He's a man in his 70s, so he kind of fits our, like, kind of was popular and now he's not. And that's why I went with Ray Weiss. Wise. Wise? Wise. Wise. Ray Wise. I mean, I believe. (laughs) That's an interesting choice. We should ask his daughter, because she's in the comedy scene. Oh, yeah? She is? Yeah, uh, I believe that's his daughter, Emily Wise. Oh, I love no, kind of, kind of wise, kind of wise. What am I saying? Kind of wise. Jesus Christ, cozy. <laughs> uh, it, it's possible. I don't know. But anyway. like, he's had an amazing career. He was on Twin Peaks. I first saw him on Reaper. He's in the new Sabrina. He's in Fresh Off the Boat, mm-hmm. and he plays bad dudes. And so, like, that's why I like the idea of like he plays bad dudes, but he seems like a legitimately nice guy just in life. Mm-hmm. And so, I think it would be fun that like that's why he's the red herring. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's like, a yeah, great idea. Great. He plays a good guy in the uh, new Gilmore Girls: A Year in the Life. Ooh, oh, that's fun miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a really fun choice. Cool. So I so want to throw out there: What do we think about having a celebrity cameo? Because, like, who's the Dan Marino? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I, I, was I don't know about- who. Do- I was thinking about it, but then I was like, I didn't even know who to even start with because I didn't know what plot we would go with. But well, I'm like, if we're we setting this like, in Idlewild, uh, aside from Max the dog, I, I don't think it should be a politician because I don't want to have a, a Parks and Rec supporting Joe Biden situation on our hands. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, what? I, I did uh, par- Google something. Well, Parks and Rec, when Parks and Rec was running, like, uh, Leslie Nope had a huge crush on Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. And yeah, and, that... Now, and now I think looking back, they're like, because, like, literally everyone on the show was like, no, no, uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, we're supporting Elizabeth Warren. Don't show for Joe. No, 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 no. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> okay, good point, good point. That's a really... Uh, which, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden in the general election anyway, but I'm going to not like it. Uh, but that's that's a whole separate issue. Um, <laughs> but I agree. I think we should just have like a general celebrity, and I'd like the idea of a, like who's a kind of celebrity who would go and just abandon everything and go live in the woods at a small town. John Cusack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not out there. We never see him, and all he's done for the past years tweet about Bernie. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's funny. Are you okay with that, Cozy? I want John Cusack in everything all the time. Uh, I love the idea of him just, like, coming out of a weird cabin when, like, Alana Glazer knocks on his door looking for answers. I love that. I will add one addendum. I want them to have their whole scene with John Cusack, and then as they're leaving, we see Joan Cusack just chopping wood. Yes! We wave, and then keep moving. Yes. The Cusack Uh, siblings live together in a cabin in Idlewild. And my favorite new urban legend. <laughs> really, that's also fun. true. Uh, cool. So that that brings us to our writer and our director. Unless you have a writer director, um, do you guys have people for this? Um, uh, I do. I, oh, Go for great. It. Uh, Cozy, do you want to get us started with writer? Uh, sure. Why not? I was thinking Michael Bacall from Twenty One Jump Street and Scott Pilgrim. I mean, based on who we cast, that's good. That's a good choice. That's that's hard to argue with. 
Thank you. Um, I I went with someone from uh, I, so my writer is Susanna Fogel from Booksmart and The Spy Who Dumped Me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went with her is because in my head I'd already be like, oh yeah, it'll be a, a female lead. And I wanted to write like a, a female positive c- comedy movie. I don't know. <laughs> she might not she might not be kind of the zany comedy we're looking for though. Yeah, Booksmart uh, feels very different in tone. It's it's very different. So I'm perfectly happy to go with say your guy's name again. Uh Michael Bacall. Luce, who you got? Uh, I was thinking about, and you know what? I'm not sure how much she has written before, but I think she's a really incredible comedy writer in general. Uh, I was thinking about Jessica Williams. Oh, as long as we're referencing Booksmart. <laughs> oh, right, she is at Booksmart. Uh, so you know, she's done a lot for. Um, she, you know, she's a stand-up, so she hasn't written mm. a script. I don't think she's done a lot of sketch and stand-up. Mm. Um, I do love Jessica Williams, but yeah, I, th- I think that's a. Oh, she actually is the writer of an untitled Jessica Williams project, and she wrote. <laughs> that, she did. I mean, that doesn't two surprise dope, me. <laughs> she did write two on Two Dope Queens, so she's a mm. television writer. And I also thought about Katie Dippold. She Katie felt Dippold's like kind of an easy choice, but. I get that. Uh, Jessica Williams only has one writing credit, yeah, and it's as in the untitled Jessica Williams Project. Uh, tell me about Katie Dippold. I actually don't know who that is off the top oh, of my head. Oh, she did uh, Ghostbusters and The Heat. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's a UCP ton, right? alum. She did that really terrible movie with, um, uh, she's kind of a snapped with Amy. I don't know it. Okay, well, right. It's not I'm, perfectly happy. I'm perfectly happy to go with Katie Dippold because she, she perfect. Go ahead. She's also a Parks and Rec writer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, if you're comfortable with that, I'm comfortable with that, Cozy. Uh, I love Katie Dippold. I, I, I don't think that I would necessarily be excited about... I don't know, though. It's a tough call. Uh, I liked... Um, I liked The Heat. Uh, I thought that one was great. Uh, but I didn't love Ghost, but you know, you know what? Let's give it a shot. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the reason, me, but I'm in. Yeah, part of the reason why I'm interested in Katie Dippold, and I think that that works really well, is because the director I have is Paul Feig. Oh, uh, then, you know who directed Heat? Yeah, the and, Heat, excuse and me. Ghostbusters, <laughs> and Ghostbusters, and Freaks and Geeks. But I picked Paul Feig specifically because he directed Spy. Mm-hmm. And I love Spy. I, I think really Spy is an love, amazing movie. Yes, I really love Spy. And in the same way that Spy is kind of a satirical take on the Spy movie, this what we're creating is a satirical take on the um, the, the 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 detective, the Sherlock Holmes story. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> it, a little bit, but like. That like if we kind of take the same energy because spy is crazy and zany and fun. If we take that energy and we make it here for Ace Ventura, I think that's a guaranteed smash success. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I thought Paul Feig. Great. Um, but uh, who did you guys have? Um, so I had. I also had Kay Cannon. So Always a good choice. I thought that's about her. I also thought about her as doing like writer and director. But I was trying to figure out, like, could we do two different to get more, you know, people involved. But uh, she wrote and directed Blockers. And mm-hmm. what was the other movie she directed? I loved Blockers. I thought it was such a such a fun, different 
film and she worked with all young people, which I think is really impressive. And if we're trying, I mean, I love Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect is an amazing movie. Yeah, well, so I don't think she directed Pitch Perfect, though. I think she was just the writer of the Pitch Perfect movies. So, I mean, that's an Uh, option, too, if we want to have her as a writer instead of Katie Dippold. I don't know. She jumps back and forth because, like, she writes this thing where I really enjoyed it. And then she directed this one where we really enjoyed the... uh, I don't know. She also wrote on... She also uh, did a lot of 30 Rock stuff. Uh, Yeah. That's always good. 30 Mm -hmm. Rock and New Girl. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, that's... That's true. I like a 30 Rock style of humor for this. You know, we could do, like, even, like, uh, her writing and then her and Paul Feig, like, co-directing. Yeah, well, I don't know. Cozy, who do you have? Uh, I, again, with the 21 Jump Street people, I had Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yeah, they come up a lot. They're great. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, to me, the the best, ver- like, a very good version of this is one that does a better job of 21 Jump Streeting it as a cop comedy than, than Jim Carrey did, or than, uh, than Ace Ventura did. Because it felt like a failed cop comedy on some level where they did, to me, the most successful one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think um, Katie Dippold, The Heat, is a great cop comedy. Mm, I like that one, too. It's been a while for me, but I like that one, too. And, like, I really loved the, uh, the other guys, but Adam McKay's off to other things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really just think with this is a strong female cast. I mean, every all of our main characters are women. Like I in order for this to be good, if we want this to be progressive and like radical and a woman needs to write this. I think a lot of Glazer could even write it. You know, she wrote yeah, Broad City. Um, I think that we need to have a woman as a writer, if not like what? it's not as necessary for directing, but I think well, I think the if, jokes aren't gonna she... be good if they're not. What if Alana Glazer is co-writing it in the same way that Jim Carrey co-wrote this screenplay and no other screenplays? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, I think that's only because he improvised so much on set that he, he had to get a writing credit. Wouldn't yeah, he created me. the character, so I think that that was how he got a writing credit. It, it literally might even be a character from some other thing. Like, it might be an In Living Color character, but I don't remember. A lot of it's based on Fireman, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm perfectly happy having this thing being written by uh, Katie Dippold and then directed by Lord Miller. I know that's not how they normally work, but why not? Who's Ooh. who's that person? Phil Lord uh, and Chris Miller. Yeah, those are the guys. I think who Cozy did, said uh, the Twenty One Jump Street guys who uh, also did the Lego Movie and uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and stuff. Okay. First of all, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a perfect movie, and I it's defy very, anyone to tell me otherwise. It's a very good movie. It's funnier than I thought it would be. It ha- it's funnier than it has any right to be. It is so good. Um, I, I, I don't know. I've kind of hung up on that one. I don't that's necessarily fair. think I, I, I agree that's that wrong. I, the, th- the thing with Lord and Miller is that they are recommended and so well regarded. Like, they've done a bunch of stuff. Like, let me, let me, let me pull them up. I know they did the end of the Spider-Verse, right? And everybody's... Or they're doing the new Spider-Verse. They no, did, they did into the Spider-Verse. They did both of them. I just, like, Basic- that's not really this vibe, I feel like. Uh, yeah. I don't the want re- a pop culture-heavy movie. Like, I think that that's been done, and I think it's exhausting, and I'm sick of jokes being a- references. That's a great call, absolutely. That's and fair. I, I just, they're just so not my style that I can't... I like 22 Jump Street just fine, but I don't think that they're interesting. Directors. Yeah, that makes. I get that. That's fair. Okay. Like so, then I think that Paul Feig is a great. I mean, Paul Feig is like one of the best comedy directors, and he also like works exclusively with women. 
and like female story. So if we're going to pick yeah, which which is why I man, to pull him, then I feel like he is a great man to pick. I just don't think that having a female cast like uh, I don't think it's okay. enough. Do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? That makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, like what I, I tried to find like a, a good female director who's done kind of the zany comedy just because one of the things I want to avoid is kind of like the male gazy kind of thing, especially for a, a female led movie. Um, yeah. And... There aren't that many women that do big, broad comedy directing. The problem is I'm sure there are, and I'm sure a lot of them are in television and I just that's... haven't found their name. And th- right. That's, that's what pro- I'm saying. They haven't and done movies. We're the problem. Um, but I'm like, again, Paul Feig is my suggestion. I'm perfectly happy to do Katie Dippold and Paul Feig, especially because they've worked together and especially because they have that relationship and Paul Feig already is very good at like promoting female leads. That works for me. I'm perfectly happy to do that. That's where I'm leaning. What do you okay. think, Cozy? Uh, I think that if we had a, I think that if we had a Paul Feig and a Katie Dippold movie, then maybe, I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't a big uh, Ghostbusters fan in, in terms of the comedy of it, which made, which is a, bu- a bummer to say, but uh, I think that if the comedy from that was translated over to this, it would not work for me. But did they do, if they did the heat together, then I'd be down. Did they do the heat together? Yeah, it was the like they went the heat first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe the, you know what? I'll do. I'll say yes for the sake of hoping for a heatier movie, which they probably <laughs> would make this heatier because it's, um, you know, a remake of this. Yeah, I don't really think Ghostbusters was set up to fail because it's just so hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. and and anything. they felt the need to like shoehorn in all these other people. Yeah. The best thing about the about the the Lady Ghostbusters is that it was kind of an unofficial other space. Uh, uh, reunion, but that's a, also a separate thing, and I, I recast from other space a lot. But Cozy, if it makes you feel better, he doesn't just do, like, kind of the crazy zany comedy. Like, he also did t- 2018's A Simple Favor. Which yes. Is that? <laughs> which is the, uh, the Anna Kendrick um, uh, Blake Lively movie. Yeah, that didn't look like a thing I would have liked. No, it's, it, it's definitely not. You won't like it. Don't watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's but a it's good movie. It's people... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's a funny person who's done a lot of good things. So, like, I'm not against him as a, as uh, a person who's... You know who stuff. I wish also, was alive to direct this movie? Like, actual dream directing for me? I would love it if Penny Marshall could do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were asking earlier? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he, also, he also did Bridesmaids. Yeah, that was a funny I love, movie. I love Bridesmaids. Um, but, okay, so we've got our, we've got our cast, uh, and I don't think I missed anything that either of you had cast, right? That, like... We've we've gone through your lists. Yeah, uh, yeah. The I think the only other thing I had on my list in general was that I don't understand how he caught a bullet in his teeth. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> I would cut that or explain it. <laughs> uh, I'm good with just cutting it because it's oh, dumb. Perfect. Oh, the oh, also the other thing that I wanted to mention is that there is an actor in the real movie named Rainer Shine. <laughs> what? It's a fucking terrible name, and I'm angry about that pun. Rain or shine, and another guy named Tiny Ron. <laughs> I'm okay with Tiny Ron. Rain or shine is it's an awful pun. Tentative. He was the, uh, but he was okay. the guy at the at the Cannibal Corpse show. Got it. Oh, fine. Uh, then let me take you through our cast. Ace Ventura, 
animal detective. Thank you. <laughs> Ace Ventura is going to be played by Alana Glazer. Melissa Robinson will be Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, Lieutenant Einhorn will be Jamie Clayton. Emilio will be Randall Park. Roger Pedactor will be Ron Funches. Agent Aguado, not Agent, Sergeant Aguado will be Walton Goggins. Uh, with celebrity cameos by John Cusack and Joan Cusack living in a cabin out in the woods of uh, Idlewild. <laughs> And then our uh, red oh. herring rich guy is going to be Ray Weiss. And Randall Park is this... right? Uh, yeah, I said that. Emilio okay. the cop friend. Nice. Uh, all of this will be written by Katie Dippold and then directed by Paul Feig. That is Ace Ventura. So, are you guys going to go see this movie, Cozy? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a try. All right, that's all we needed. Lucy, yeah. will you also go see this movie? Oh, definitely. I'm sold. I was already into it early on now i'm really into it cool all right fun we did it we made a movie so then in that case uh time for self-promotion talk about things that you want to promote talk about your podcast again talk about social medias you have the mics oh great well yeah listen to me and cozy's podcast you need to see this about underrated cinematic gems we have a movie every week that we discuss in depth that we think people should see and it's spoiler free so you can listen to it if you haven't seen the movies. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Anchor.fm. Uh, find us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. We're all over social media, etc. Yes. What's and, an episode you would recommend? Well, my favorite episode that we actually did recently, I really, we did Call Me By Your Name last <laughs> week. And I've listened to it a couple times and I, I love it. We did it with our audio engineer, Pete Burns. Uh, he and I, it's one of our favorite movies, and I really like that That was a very episode. sweet episode. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. And I'd recommend 8th Grade, because I love 8th Grade. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. We, um, and yeah, we're at Need to See Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And then, do you have social media, personal social medias? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy. Those are my initials. Great. And I got none. <laughs> Excellent. I respect that. Uh, okay, so if you want to follow me, I am at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. If you want to follow the podcast, it's on Twitter as well, but mostly Instagram, at Ideal Remake. We're also on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. Ideal Remake Podcast. <laughs> uh, and we're also up on YouTube. I have been uh, quarantine productive, and I have gotten every episode of the podcast up on YouTube because there are apparently people who prefer that. And if you're one of those people and you're listening now, I love you. Thank you for listening. Amazing. And no matter where you're listening, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever, if you would take the time to leave us a five-star review or just write a kind review, those are wonderful. And we always, we, I always appreciate it. And, uh, and again, I, I would be, I would be very grateful. So yeah. So I've been ending the podcast this way. Uh, Luce, Cozy, what is your favorite quote from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? Like a glove. That's my favorite. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.